Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. Let's science to celebrate famous list now. Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur bosses? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. That damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion! Welcome back to the Deep Chair. Tonight, I am here with Wayne Bush. How's it going, Wayne? Pretty good. How you doing, Andy? Not too bad, man. So Wayne is the provider of the Tricked by the Light website, and which I stumbled upon. I'm not even sure I remember exactly what I was trying to find when I found your site. But when I did, I that's when I, I immediately reached out that day because I'm like, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> so um hey. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on uh, how you got into this kind of work and uh, what led to the website and everything? Okay, well, I guess I'll start at the beginning. I, I was like a freshman in college here in Austin, going to the University of Texas. And I was doing really, really late labs, uh, you know, only getting like a couple hours of sleep. I was trying to do like a 40-hour job on the side and and so I just, you start to question, what's the meaning of my existence? You know, am I having any time for myself to have any fun? So, um, you know, that led down a long pathway, trying to understand why we're here and, and what happens after you die and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I started listening. So I, I met a friend from California and he kind of got me into more of the alternative new age type stuff. We'd go down to this bookstore and up on the third floor of book people, they would have like all kinds of material. And he was really into UFOs, right? So, and I, I didn't know too much about it. So it kind of got me exploring other things because at the time I was pretty much a fundamentalist Christian, I guess. And um, so what, uh, he would, he'd be looking at the UFO stuff and I would kind of see these books on near-death experiences. I'm like, oh, this is spiritual. This is really interesting. And once I read a couple of books like Life After Life and, you know, Embraced by the Light, then that got me interested in the whole white light stuff. And at the time, I started listening to Art Bell, and John Lear came on a show uh, one time, and he said, don't go to the light, it's a trick, and that Woodley Strieber had told him that, and so that kind of got me interested in, in what's the, the truth behind all that, and so I just kept researching and researching, and a lot of the um, people like David Icke, and you know, they weren't really talking about the afterlife or the spiritual type stuff, they were talking more about Illuminati and control of the earth and that kind of stuff, so at some point you just got to start doing your own research, you know? So that's what I did. And that little bit after the matrix, probably 2002, I want to say I put together the website and put it up and um, 
had it up for like four or five years and I got like one email. And so I thought, well, nobody's really interested. So I took it down. And then when 2012 came around, I'm like, well, I got to put this in just in case the Mayans were right. I got to put this message back out there once again. So I put it back up in early 2012 and um, kept it up since. So it's, it's, I guess that's a good enough background on it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's awesome, man. That's great. Um, and what, what really interested me originally in the, the title of your website was that a friend of mine had, had given me a similar piece of advice but in regards to like, I think this was back right when uh, the Nimitz um, video footage came out with the Tic Tac back in like 2017, I think it was. So we were talking conspiracies and that was, we were talking about that. And uh, he's, I always considered him a very enlightened kind of friend. And he just looked at me and was like, if the UFOs land, don't get on. <laughs> and i feel like it's probably you seen the twilight, same reason. twilight zone episode right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. mankind you don't it's a cookbook don't get on right uh, yeah to, <laughs> just to touch on that for a second the reason i named the, the website tricked by the light was because at the time you had uh, the, the most popular near-death books were embraced by the light and saved by the light and john lear said it's a trick so i'm like i kind of put the two together and said well it's tricked by the light <laughs> Yeah, that's great. kind of give the other side of it. Not to say that, hey, I know for a fact it's a trick or anything, but just to kind of explore, you know, everybody's saying go to the light and no one's even questioning it because it's all lovey dovey, right? You know, so yeah, and yeah, um, be a good title now. Now I kind of regret doing it because I'm not so sure it's a trick. I think we're kind of fooling ourselves more or less that we're doing, we come here to make this like a big fun adventure, and so we have to look kind of limit ourselves. And yeah, you know, who knows? I really like that idea because the uh, so. The plain and simple, uh, let's give, let's give my audience a little bit of this because I I've never brought this up on my show. So tell us about trick by the light and what it, you know, what it's grounded in and everything like Gnosticism, I know is, uh, a, is well, a key like factor, right? Yeah. I mean, at the time I really didn't know anything about any of that stuff. I mean, uh, I was a big listener of art bell. And so we would go down every weekend to the, the San Antonio, um, people we knew and we would talk a little bit about art bell and that kind of stuff and so the the guy he, he mentioned the, the book pista sophia to me and he started talking about gnosticism and he didn't mention a demiurge or archons that i remember but it kind of stung i mean i knew the guy was really smart and he, he knew a lot about a lot of different areas and stuff but it kind of stuck in the back of my mind and then i heard um john lash on art on art bell's coast to coast show and he started talking about um the archons and i'm like wow this really resonates to me as as something that i need to look into right and so i just kept researching and researching and like you said gnosticism is uh one of the main groups that and you know they didn't come right out and say don't go to light but they did talk about kind of a false light and different levels and and the the light power and that this demiurge who who they deemed was a false god he was stealing the light power from from sophia and and the beings here on earth which had the, the light within them so yeah the gnosticism talked about it um or the gnostics talked about it the tibetans in the tibetan book of the dead um they talk about a series of lights and how um you know there's different translations but one talks about not going to the smoky white light of hell and and i guess the main one says uh go to the clear light right so yeah there's different groups that, that mention it and those are the two primary ones that I can think of. I, I think Scientologists may may talk about it too, but I'm I've never gotten into that. 
And I know that it's, I believe it's a rite of passage in Freemasonry when you're ascending degrees. Um, they ask you, what do you, what do you seek? And they say, um, I seek light. And then the next degree is I seek further light. And I can't remember the last one, but I do believe it's like maybe clear light or white. I can't remember. Someone might have to know better than me and clarify for mm. me, but it's always about That's that light. I haven't, I've never heard that one. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I know they mentioned like a lesser light and a greater. I think, yeah, I think they talk about a greater light and, and a lesser light. Uh, and just to mm. uh, follow up on that, there there was a, a Gnostic group that was meeting here in Austin. So I figured I'd go attend the lecture. It was this guy given, but it wasn't like, I guess your mainstream Gnosticism was based on this, this one guy who was a mystic. And I found out you know, from him that he was a 32 degree Freemason. And uh, when I mentioned the fact about not going to the light, he basically agreed with that. So it's just another data point to, that's out there. You know? Yeah. I've heard you talk about how um, the idea is kind of that within this trickery would be familiar faces and everything, you know, trying to coax you in, in a loving way to go to the light. And my God, if that's the case, then, you know, it's like everybody's, you know, it's the view that everybody grew up with about heaven is literally a trick. That's pretty intense, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like, but you know, a lot of this, like I said, it's, I think it's sort of a cosmic play or a divine drama and it's all based on, I mean, what's the king here on earth? It's all about entertainment, right? You got movies and and plays and books and everybody wants to have fun and be entertained and what's you know in, in movies what's the big thing you got to have a um the twist and the plot you know at the very end and so you know that could just kind of represent the the big surprise kind of thing you know but um i, really I don't know that. i haven't run it too much into like people like loved ones saying come to the light you know, I mean, <laughs> i've seen it a few times and you certainly in movies and things like that you see it and I was with my grandma when she was, my parents put her in hospice and she didn't, she said she didn't want to die alone. So I took um, time off work to be with her in like eight days or something. But at the end, she was talking to beings that weren't there. Right. And she was talking to one being and or entity, whatever it was. And she was giving them her name and what year she was born or birth date. And she's like, Oh, that's, that's my grandson, Wayne. And so somebody who was like trying to figure out who she was and what, for what reason, I don't, maybe they want to make sure they got the right, the right soul. Right. You know? <laughs> maybe my God, yeah. that's, that's amazing to some like, of these first experiences. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a lot of this stuff and I don't know if I still kept it or not, but um, wow. I mean, that was pretty much, Oh, I felt some, something tugging on my leg. Like it was trying to pull me out of my body. I mean, you have to re remember I was like, operating on hardly any sleep because i did i was like i don't want to fall asleep and then she dies and i wasn't with her, you know because i was so i was like trying to stay awake most of the time and so i was getting very tired i felt something like tug on my leg like it wanted to pull me out of my body you know that was weird and that's they say is when you're most you're under like the most suggestive you know you're like when you're falling asleep you're very vulnerable to those things you know um you posed an excellent yeah, and question I to... oh go ahead go ahead Okay. Well, just one more thing before we get sure. into it. Um, I, I asked one of the nurses there. She had been there for 40 years in this hospice. I said, do you ever see any these, these light orbs? And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, do you ever see any like shadow beings? And she kind of nodded her head. She didn't want to talk about it, but she <laughs> confirmed that, yes, she saw shadow beings and stuff there. And then 
uh, once when they had a little bit of time, she and this other nurse came and, and sat and talked with me. And I told them the story of my, my friend who had a near-death experience and um, he met the demiurge. And so she told me that I should look into Rosicrucianism, which is, I thought, thought really interesting. Here's this lady that, that's doing hospice work with the death and, you know, dead and dying. And she's, and she's into esoteric societies and you know, basically yeah. secret societies, I guess. That's but, wild. Okay, what was, what, what was it you wanted to ask or say? Oh, well, so um, you said something, I think it was in one of your articles that I read uh, regarding time, that if we listen to all mm -hmm. these ascended masters and channelers, uh, a lot of what the new age offers, they, they kind of say we're all learning lessons over countless lifetimes and we're mm -hmm. like getting better and stuff and learning each lesson to ascend to the next level kind of. And some of it can be kind of attractive. I feel like that's the point, but time is a human construct, is it not? And all past and futures merely illusory. I mean, so let's talk a little bit about that yeah. because I've been trying to suss out this, what I call, I mean, it's the Demiurge in my opinion, but I call it like the grand mimicry mockery. And, tr uh, you know, it's like I try to yeah. separate this mockery and mimicry system. It's like mimicry for the, the asleep and a mockery for any of us that are aware of it, you know, and I'm trying to suss out the difference and sometimes they're intertwined so horribly that it's, you know, for instance, Gaia TV is owned by BlackRock and you see what they're pushing mm. on a lot of their shows and everything. So it, it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of suss out the difference, you know? I haven't watched really any Gaia. It's like Dave, David Wilcock on there. No, he's one of them. I, I don't know much about Gaia. <laughs> that's okay. fair. That's yeah, fair. I'm not but too big on his. I mean, I think his book on on like the divine field or whatever it was called, all that stuff. I thought a lot of a lot of his material was pretty good. But um, yeah. So the time, the near death experiencers, they say that time doesn't exist over there, but yet they're asking questions and receiving answers. And I just don't think it exists in the same way as it is here. Cause here we have like deadlines and, you know, we got to meet somebody at three o'clock. So, we, you know, it's all very orderly over there. You know, you're free, you can do whatever you want. So there's like no real time constraints that I can see, but I think time still may exist at some point. And the point about the lessons coming here, and that's another one big one they push. I've been to these meetings, many, 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 many of them, and quite a few, especially one person in particular said that, you know, Earth is a school. They say that they're here to learn lessons, and every day he attends class. And I just don't see that because, like you said, if time you know talk about the eons and eons and billions and trillions and zillions of years wouldn't we have already learned the lessons that we need to learn by then you know and why how is earth a really good school when you're surrounded by corruption and deception and you know over there everything's telepathic and you kind of know things immediately you can ask questions and get an answer and i think you could uh, I, I talked to this out-of-body experiencer who's had hundreds of them and he said um over there all you, all you have to do is you could transfer data like instantaneously. I saw another one where a guy looked at a planet or a universe and he knew everything about it instantaneously. So I, I think I kind of have dismissed, I mean, sure, we learned some things along the way here because that, that's what we're coming here to do is have experiences. And of course you have to limit yourself and, and make it a sort of a game. And, um, but I, a lot of these things we learn here don't really apply to over there because like you learn to play the guitar, learn to play piano. <laughs> What's the point if you're over there, you, you don't really need to, to use you know, material things to do things, if, if that makes sense. So 
I don't buy it. I think it's more we come here to have adventures and experiences and come back with stories and just do different things, you know, and see like there's a, a Gnostic uh, or maybe it's more hermetic, but it's know that know thyself. Right. Mm. And so I think maybe that's sort of what this uh, monad, I don't know if you're familiar with that word or term, but yes. it's kind of like the one or the, so I don't like using the term source so much, but the monad in, in uh, Gnostic traditions is like the, the very first being. And so I think it wanted to know that, know itself. And so it, exp uh, it split itself into a bunch of zillions of beings to have these different, to get the different perspectives, you know, perceptions. And I've seen some near-death experiences where they come back and it's almost like the report, you know, they do that life review so commonly that people talk about mm -hmm. uh, when they go into the light, they'll, they'll review their life. And it's almost like there were messengers and we're bringing back data for, for this big supercomputer to, to like get to learn this, that being sort of is like, it's learning something. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Oh, it, but it for me, it's sense. like, I, what I've learned is not to come, is not to come here. Because <laughs> if we come here and we're kind of brainwashed from the get-go, we're like these little babies that are completely blank and deslates and you're ignorant. And from the get-go, you're like the doctor turns upside and slaps you on your ass and you start crying. And, you know, then Get a job. from day one, your parents are telling you everything you know and they put you down in front of the TV and that's how you learn what to say and what to think and how to behave. And then they send right. you to school and you get trained more. And then you go to work and your boss is telling you what to, you know, it's like not until you're in your 20s or something where you really start becoming more independent and questioning reality. Sometimes much later right. in life, you know, sometimes people never get yeah. there, which is well, that's true. At that time, a lot of people are just having fun and you can't blame yeah. them, I guess. I mean, I guess if you have a real easy life and you have a lot of success in some way right. that makes life comfortable enough. Yeah, some don't really you know, it seems to me that that it, uh, these deeper questions, maybe not always, but a lot of times come from trauma or ordeal, it seems, you know, not always, but it is an interesting characteristic. No, absolutely. You think I about agree. It, you know? Even just the act itself, yeah, like, like a near-death experience is, is obviously an ordeal. Uh, psychedelic experience is an ordeal. Um, you know, these things mm -hmm. seem to be kind of rooted in uh i think it was terence mckenna that liked to say perturbing consciousness and i really like that because it doesn't really specify uh -huh. it too much it just kind of gives it that general yeah you're being shook away from this mode that you've been zombified yeah. into you know i think they call them stes uh, spiritually transformative experiences uh at least in that's the, in the death circles they, they call it <laughs> stes yeah I like that. And that's what they do. People come back and they, they're not the same person. You know, a lot of times they get divorced because they're, they're go separate ways. You know, they're not materialistic anymore. Different things are more important to them, you know? And so they're, they come back, they seem like a better person. They're more spiritually minded and, and more loving and giving, you know, mm -hmm. they definitely are. They got a culture shock at that point though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, <clears throat> so let me ask you this um is that is that the gods of eden behind you by the way i'm looking at uh, oh yeah yeah you. is that the gods of eden that is william, william Bramley. that's a real big one gods of eden yeah he it's... talks about the alien influences and how they created all the wars and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah bramley's bramley's perspective um was really fun uh, i think i read that like three or four years ago maybe a little bit more and it like really got in detail with the 
the very physical nature of this possible history that we're discovering, you know, the, the Sumerian and all that. And I know yeah. you've studied a lot of those right. areas too. I love that stuff. Bramley's only one. And it's like a whole spectrum of, of perspectives on it. It was and, like one of the first books I read after I read the, the 12th planet was one of the first ones. And then gods of Eden must've been right after it, but both of those were pretty big. And all those and now you can, books you can are right here. Sumerian text <laughs> online. You don't, yeah. you don't have to rely on Zachariah Sitchin for an <laughs> accurate transition translation because a lot of people don't feel it, it is. And so, right. you know, there's different like UCLA and I think Oxford, they put up a lot of the Sumerian texts online and you can search, you do a text search for a word. And um, yeah, I found quite a few things on there. Oh, I'm sure now like they're saying Inky was a supreme. They, ca they called Inky the supreme dragon. <laughs> really? Oh, that's let's stick yeah. with that for a second, <laughs> because I just had a talk. Yeah, with I don't a think I read mine. that anywhere. I don't think I read that anywhere in Sitchin's material. It's like, what? <laughs> no. Well, so, so yeah. Sitchin and and Bramley both have in common. What they have in common, in my view, is that they're not that I disagree with everything they say. I think they set up a lot of great information, but also they do. They're kind of guilty of something that a lot of people do. And we're all guilty of it on some level when we're trying to dissect this unknown by pasting a bunch of human behavior and attributes onto it. You know what I mean? Bramley's view, he comes right out and says, yeah. it's like a business and there's franchises all over the planet. You can tell by the brand. Now on one mm. leg, I'm like, hell yeah, that absolutely makes sense. When there's pyramids and ziggurats in multiple different places, time periods and no association between the cultures or whatever, that's impressive. And that does seem like right. a branding. But on the other other leg of it, yeah, you have mm. the stuff that you were just about to say about the Supreme Dragon. I've I've had talks where there is no Enlil. It's just like, you know, Tyler Durden, Enki and Enlil are like two sides of the same coin. You know, it, it you can go down so mm. many different routes with this stuff, you know. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, if, if a lot of the material from the Bible were taken from the Babylonian as we're finding out the Sumerian, because they got stories of the creation and creation of man and all that stuff. Well, how do we know that that was the, I mean, we, we say that's the first civilization, but like, what about Atlantis? What about others? I mean, we could, who knows if they were just retelling the tale too. And how do you know what they were allowed to say and get away with too? Without, But they were pretty frank with a lot of the stuff. They basically, in the text that I saw online, they were saying that we were created to, um, well, obviously to do the work for them. You know, we were like workers in the garden, but mm. also to give them praise and worship, you know, that they were like kind of basically feeding off our, um, I don't know, energy, I guess you could call it that. Yeah. they created us um it was like a mutiny like they didn't want to do the work so the story goes and so inky um had an idea and he wanted to take the primitive indigenous man and you know splice their own dna with it in the lab and create this this worker for them to do all the work and you know so yeah you know, it says the work but really the thing that always sticks out to me in that story and I, i've said it probably on the podcast a couple times that the work was too toilsome. I love that line. I can't yes. remember which translation it came right. from, but it's one of the Sumerian stories. I think it's the, the tale of Adapa um, about the creation of man and the idea that we are actually more powerful because of the splice DNA or whatever the metaphor is suggesting yeah. in the story, the, the combination of this. It's been a while since I've and, looked at it. But, yeah. So how about, let me ask you this. Been, there's one called Inky. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one called Inking in the World Order. I don't know if it was in that one, but um, I have heard about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, let's. So, this idea that the work was too toilsome. I wanted to connect this in with the archons mm-hmm. with you and talk to you about what you okay. what you think about this because a lot of times this Anunnaki or you know the Hopi have different names for it, but it's all this higher intelligence source or this higher spiritual source or something the idea that the work was too toilsome a lot of times it's hard to tell whether the sumerians are talking about beings that were actually flesh and blood sometimes and when you mix that with Mm -hmm. stories from the amazon about you know the formation or the you know the the cooking of dmt and ayahuasca making the dmt orally active requires two very different plants out of millions of species of right. plants when anthropologists asked them how they figured this out it was that the plants were, or the or nature whispered told to them, them. Yeah. the gods <laughs> told them right so i mean yeah. this idea that ayahuasca the vine of the dead right so think about how I'm curious what your thought is on this, because I'm seeing this huge Russian doll effect throughout history with this, because you got these gods that can't do the work and have to create us. But yet we're enslaved by them somehow because we don't know our own power. They, they're keeping it from us. That's what most of these stories entail. And we see that even now today right. in my eye, through my eyes, I'm seeing it all the time with, you know, artists being globbed onto by massive conglomerates and corporations and you know everything is owned there's and there's of course that mimicry laid out on top of everything good they have this distraction that is it looks the same but it's just devoid of transformation and purpose and meaning Yeah, um, I just one of the things popped into my mind when you're talking about the stars being globbed onto and stuff like that. I mean, every once in a while you do see in their lyrics, um, them like they're trying to tell us something or they will conceal the hidden truth. I, I ran across, like I'm learning guitar and I, I wanted to learn some Jimi Hendrix songs. So I'm like looking on Wikipedia and the discography and all the different songs to see if like, oh yeah, I remember that song. And I was looking at some of the songs, like there was this one song he played on, it was called uh, Captives in the Sun or something like that. And then there's this other one that caught my eye and it was called um, The Stars That Play Laughing Sam's Dice. And Sam, I've from my research is um, the devil. It's like Samael. Samael is the name of the demiurge. Also, there's Yadavieth, but also Samael. And so Sam, you know, son of Sam, and there's all these references to Sam being the devil, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, Jimi Hendrix is talking about these stars, which could be archons or us as falling stars or whatever, and they're playing they're playing Samael's game of dice, right? I mean, he's in, in the lyrics he's talking about how you're like coming through the galaxy just like get on the the milky way bus or something like that and it's like you know look on your right there's saturn look on the left there's mars it's like oh watch out for the door you don't 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 go out the door it's like oh too bad you know it's like (laughs) it's like they know something you know and bob dylan when he was on 60 minutes he said he made a bargain with it he said he made a bargain and he's keeping his end of the of the deal right and yeah. If you look deeply enough into the lyrics, I mean, even in, a, I think it was a Rolling Stone interview, Santana was talking about the, the, the angel Metatron and how that's where he gets his inspiration and all this stuff, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely in there, you know? Yeah. I, it's I've definitely looked opening. into a lot of the Kabbalah stuff with, you know, the, the Metatron's cube and stuff like that. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. to be some, 
geometrical relevance in a spiritual way or something like that as in i'm not sure if any of like masonic rituals deal with i don't know the geometry itself that they so hold so high but um it does feel that way same with like the pyramids some kind of angel like an archangel and an angel of creation or something like it was right there like that 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 geometric shape like you're saying it must have been part of the creation of you know like the flower of life and all that stuff right yeah yeah that's what yeah. i was thinking too hmm. that's interesting there was, so yeah there was one nde that mentioned metatron um, really it's pretty interesting <laughs> well that's intense yeah. there's a website nde <laughs> yeah she met metatron and it was like giving her all these lessons and all this stuff and uh, it was pretty wild but, um, yeah and there was, was a website, website called nde rf Mm -hmm. uh, nderf.org it's near-death experiences uh, research foundation.org they've also got one for out of body which is o-b-e-r-f and so you, you can do a search and so if you search for metatron that one will pop up but um i did like a search on like 50 different categories everything i could think of i mean i was like doing searches and, and categorizing and making no i mean like like on my website i put like just hundreds and hundreds of little snippets yeah. from all the different experiences that pertain to like every category I could think of, you know, and there's like two or three dozen of them that mention uh, aliens. <laughs> you don't hear them talk about that too often, you know, no. but they're out there and um, wow. contracts, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The soul contracts. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's really, it's weird too. Cause when I was talking before about how it's kind of difficult to suss out the, the BS from what might be, you know, original and true. Cause like we, we all know the new age is kind of a, uh, well, supposed to be kind of like a rejuvenating of the ancient ways, but a lot of it gets twisted, it seems. And it feels to me like a lot of um, what's being sold feels a lot like some RPG video game, you know, like where we have to keep ascending these levels and it's never good enough. And that yeah. to me, I don't, tell me what yeah. you think this, that to me sounds again, like that control structure that control system that we're like you know hovering you know keeping the dollar like <laughs> over your head the whole time you know keep yeah. chasing after and you look at a lot of these new you look at a lot of these new age teachings and stuff a lot of them involve uh, angels the angels are giving them the messages they got these angel gatherings where the angels coming through a contactee or a you know, person that's intuitive and so these it goes back to the, the gods of eden there where he's talking about all these angels that appear to you know whether it's muhammad or whoever and they're like giving them these religions to give to the, the people it's they may be control mechanisms like you're saying and um i can't remember whatever what the other half we were talking about but uh yeah. i remember they you talked about the, the angels you know <laughs> yeah yeah but they're control mechanisms quite quite possibly right yeah, I've heard you talk about that before, and I hadn't really explored that much previously. Um, you know, I've kind of always looked at Western religion as more of a control structure, and I was so focused on a lot of the Eastern ways as being so much more pure. But maybe it's the same thing as it always is. It probably is, and it's been infiltrated and twisted, and you know, because you're right, it kind of gives that you know one god sort of even if it's not a god it's still buddha it's that one figure to look at right yeah. mm -hmm. and a lot of the new age stuff is talking about like you say oh well, it's all here to learn lessons and we learn and love and grow and 
but then it's also about you got to merge with source return to source go to and you hear a lot of that in the near-death experience too about this being of light and from what i was reading um there was a lot quite a few of them that said this being is a collective soul of billions and billions of souls like basically i guess human souls like everybody here we're all collectively this, this being of light because if you think of the, the color white it's composite of all colors put together and this one you know there's quite a few that are just very unique ones like this woman uh, nandy nancy Dannison. she actually merged with source and she's got the impression that source was a little bit uncertain as to who it was like it had like there were other sources like itself like and maybe it was part of a larger society of sources you know oh so maybe goodness. that's just like our source right you know like the gnostics <laughs> might be saying that's that's sophia and we're part of the collective mm -hmm. right and all that all that terminology kind of freaks me out because you start thinking of the borg and the collective hive mind and all this mm -hmm. stuff and it's almost like a, there's this uh, game called us. soul eater and i kind of look at this as this being is just getting stronger and stronger the more souls it gets to merge with it and it's almost like it's consuming them right dude there was so, uh it's a little off-putting to me you know there was a rick and morty episode where that was going on on a planet yeah. where it was one mind yeah. just taking over the whole thing yeah, yeah. that was wild yeah, it's interesting yeah, because I I've feel like, the yeah, there's, um, to me, it's that mimicry again, too, where there's like this natural, because I, I can't, I can't get around the idea, I, I don't like the idea that, that collective and interconnection and oneness is a bad thing, you know what I mean? But I feel like there is mm -hmm. a version of it that is here that is wrong and it's developing into the physical now with like it's a counter a counterfeit yeah. yeah and you've i've heard you talk about that a lot and that's my one of my favorite things to talk about is that mimicry and it it seems to permeate now it's like reaching into the physical with like and like it's like a dream come true for a lot of hippies hearing oneness is now being talked about by governments. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's a real sad, creepy trickery that's being played on a lot of like liberal thinking minded people. If I, if you will, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, it's a major concern of mine too. I mean, this Nancy Dennison, she, when she was over there, she merged with like five of her, five or six of her friends that she known for, you know, eons or forever. And they were able to experience all of her lives, you know, every little part and like they were her and, and vice versa, she could experience their lives. So it's almost like a, we're just like a big collective and we can experience each other's experiences. And, you know, at one level, that sounds pretty great, you know, <laughs> I could experience Michael Jordan going in for that dunk and wouldn't that be pretty awesome. But, you know, there is something about it that's just, um, I don't want to be a group think or just, um, because then you lose your, your independence and your own, your own sovereignty and your own free thinking. Right. And right. You, it's like, what if the group wants to send you back? Like, Oh, we got this great idea for an experiment. Why don't you go back there and, and be born with, five heads and be in pain your whole life and we think we all think it's a great idea and you, you get outvoted by you know by the the, the collective right right <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. do then <laughs> and, and group like, think in general you know, is always terrible no um yeah that? so that's that's i i i think that's exactly what i was kind of getting at was that it's there's a there's like a parody of it 
going on. Whereas I think maybe reality is more of a Russian doll where yes, we are a part of something. And maybe that thing, like you're saying, is it a neighborhood of souls or sources or whatever, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's being like mimicked and ridiculed almost and mocked uh, by this, this demiurge. I've, I've recently referred to the demiurge as like our collective ego, you know, uh, what do you think of that? Mm. Have you ever gotten into the cycle, the psychological parallels from narcissism with the demiurge to like the more, uh, actually not even just psychological, but also the Eastern idea of ego and things like that. Have you ever crossed those bridges? Well, I've run into this idea of uh, Wedico. Have you heard of Wedico? Yes. Uh, Paul Levy Levy wrote a book about Wedico, and it's um, basically this Native American teaching that it's a mass psychosis of you know, all our egos, and we're just um, we're almost delusional and just psychotic and crazy, and more or less, it's a disease that's taken over, and it's almost like a virus, and that it just keeps multiplying, multiplying. It's a mimicry of of the real thing, like you were saying. And the word mimic, it does pop up a lot with the archons. I mean, supposedly they don't have their own real or creativity or originality. And so they're very good at mimicking or copying um, other things. And that's kind of, you think about computers, that's what they do. They, you know, they copy and, you know, mm. replicate that way, right? So, um, right. yeah, it's the, always... image, the collective ego. Yeah, well, it's also, you heard the term world, soul and like universal mind and you know it gets bandied about out there in a lot of these esoteric circles also it's kind of ties in with that when you think mm-hmm. and even the buddhist the buddhist talk mainly about the way to get you know because they talk about basically this being a, a reincarnational trap and then you got to exit you know you got to like um of course the trap there is they they, they say you got to come back so many times until you've perfected yourself and you got rid yeah, of all the bad karma and stuff like that yeah but at least there's all these rules the trap, right? <laughs> yeah there's all these it's like a yeah. video game again and even if yeah, you reach, and, it's just and then so even if you get to that point they've got so many of them convinced that they need to come back as a bodhisattva and you're, you're really not free until every last soul is free you know and, and yeah burned off all their karma and so that's the <laughs> yeah. trap and, then, and here's the, here's the thing I want to make sure we get this out there in case we don't is that the near-death experiencers, uh, quite a few of them say that you can manifest anything you want with intention. So you, you have the ability to create whatever you want, whenever you want. And here we get, just like I was saying, like from the get go, you get told how to believe. And, and so we, you know, if you're Christian or whatever, do you think, well, I'm going to meet my maker when I die. And then, so you get there and you're either going to be judged or maybe Jesus saved you or whatever, but you know, so if you meet Jesus and Jesus says, Hey, you got to go back and save all these souls. You're not going to say no to Jesus. So back you go. Right. And, or right. if you're Eastern and believe in all the karma, they can easily convince you to go back, you know, because of the karma you got to balance. And so how many percent of the people on the planet buy into one or other, you know, I'm sure there's a few others I, I don't follow there, but you know, if it's so important that if you do create your own reality, well, boom, you, if that's your belief system, your mindset subconsciously or, or even consciously, you're going to create it. Whereas yeah. if you can, I think beliefs are like a prison for the mind. And so you got to break free from all that programming and think for yourself. And so if you go in there with the idea that I can manifest whatever I want, that's a big, big difference. It's a game changer, you know? Well, you, I, you said I just want to get that out there in case yeah, we didn't, no, didn't get around to it. I, that's, ex- that's, you know, that's yeah. a great realm to go into. I love it. And you said, something great there that you know the belief what, what you know in other words from 
our friend Crow Triple Seven says, says our prisons for the mind. Yeah, and Crow says belief is the enemy of knowing. And to bring him into this, mm-hmm. are you familiar with his work with the lunar wave at all? Uh, well, I was on Greg uh, Carlwood's show, and I know that Crow went on around the same time and so i got a couple emails talking about crow 777 and the, the moon's uh, hologram and stuff. i mean so i know a little bit of it <laughs> well the reason necessarily the lunar wave per se the, the reason why yeah. i wanted to bring that up at least and i could kind of maybe describe it a little bit for you to see how well it lines up is is i've heard you talk about this sun moon mm-hmm. matrix could you go into that a little bit yeah yeah, I'd be glad to. I actually brought those. One of the first things I put on my website, um, that was like the basis of the whole theory. It was like back in 2002 or something. This was like before right. even David Icke was, came out with the Moon Matrix books and all that stuff. Although I didn't really mention Saturn per se, but yeah, I kind of got the idea of looking at you know ancient mythology and, and just that the moon... I mean, the moon is so curious because it's like the one side the one face is always facing towards us right all the time. And then it's just the right size that it covers up the sun perfectly during the eclipse. It's like 300 times larger, but 300 times closer or 380 yeah. or whatever the number is. And there, so those conveniences are just crazy. And it like rings like a bell when the astronauts landed on it and all this, all these anomalies associated with it. And, you know, there's psychics and remote viewers like Ingo Swan said there was bases on the moon or buildings and all this kind of stuff. And then like even, what is that? The ancient alien show had a pretty good um, one episode on, on the moon and how there's, you know, anyway, there's just so many, not and like, I know John Lear said that there, he was talking about like a, a tower on the moon that was like a soul catcher kind of thing. So there was all these things out there that um, especially if you go back into ancient um, mythologies and stuff and how they, looked at the moon as like a dealer of death and that's where you went when you died and you know the, the so many of the, the goddesses or the whatever were, were associated with moon and magic you know and then just stuff like the um the werewolves i mean you know the moon is, yeah. has such a lore when it comes to you know hollywood and all that stuff it's just eerie and spooky and so um i i just looked at the moon they're, they're, they're just the moon and the sun are like the two objects that are pretty you know looming right right in our faces right and the sun is like the giver of life like we wouldn't be here physically if it weren't for the sun and all the energy it's giving us source and so the moon just seemed like it would be a perfect place to be there like if you're an alien race and you wanted to monitor the earth or cats or souls it just seemed like the ideal place so i that's why i started getting into the the moon and sun as a matrix and also the book one of the first books i really got into was the holographic universe by michael talbot and, yeah um, i think i came there he was talking about you know, the david hologram talbot. needs like <laughs> yeah i heard uh, one episode i listened to you said david talbot i was like wait like, that doesn't oh, sound right. he was electric universe guy he, he was he was uh, and cool. i guess I, I worry about misspeaking too i get them confused all the time because honestly, i really worry holographic... because I'm, I'm not like a david ike you know? <laughs> yeah well yeah I yeah anyway that's a great book and he has some other ones too yeah the two of those I actually read some of the other books with each other so well you know yeah yeah so anyway in that book he was talking about a hologram needs like you know a couple sources of light and a couple mirrors and so i was thinking okay well the sun's a light and then the mirror like the moon reflects the light from the sun at night and then venus has this you know gaseous cloudy whatever uh atmosphere that is almost reflective too so i was thinking maybe the planets were put there as the function as the lenses for these mirrors that would create the the hologram and then look at saturn it's almost like it's a 
I don't know. It's almost like the grooves of a record, like it broadcast signals, or it could be like a server or something. Anyway, the planets are just very weird when you look at their positions and what they look like, you know. So, yeah, I didn't have any scientific basis for anything, but I was just kind of putting it out there as something to work, start working from, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I well, I mean, you mentioned Saturn, the the perfect storm at the top of its pole that's in the shape of a hexagon is pretty right. damn creepy. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem natural. Like, definitely looks know? three, three dimensional or fourth. fourth it is, it is three dimensional. Like it's it's yeah. a, it's something like a 70,000 foot tall storm in that shape. Wow. So that's yeah. messed up and it's supposedly right. it's getting taller. So that's creepy. <laughs> and then Saturn and, Saturn and Satan, you know, the Saturn Saturnalia was like a cult that had a tied one with Christmas and probably the demiurge from that perspective. And so just the naming of it and, you know, Saturn being the Kronos, you know, the God that ate children and chronology yeah. and all that stuff. So um, there's, and then a lot of people say that Saturn used to be a sun. And so they say it's like the dark sun, the black sun. And I mean, I don't know about all that stuff, but it's so got a, quite an interesting history behind it. It's yeah, a deep it well, man, because there's so many branches you could go off on that. You could go like to the cube of Mecca and how they go around it. You know, that's yes. yeah, there's symbolism. Every like I, I've heard you talk yeah. about the a lot mm -hmm. of the pop culture symbolism, and it's all there for sure. And yeah. we we just right. don't get to know exactly why it's there. It seems like so. This brings me to one of my next questions. It's um, I've had this idea for a while anyway that they whoever they are. They use all these certain symbols mm. and concepts, and if they seem to actually work, this sort of low, subtle magic, but because they do evil things, we automatically associate these symbols with evil. My question is, like, what do you think about the idea that maybe they're purposely giving us a bad taste about certain philosophies or concepts or symbols that may be more similar to like the force from star wars where it could go one way or the other but they put this negative spin on all of it to to scare the shit out of us what do you think of that yeah oftentimes they they invert the symbolism like hmm. you know whether it's like like the swastika where they took the, the arms and turned it the opposite direction to where it's it has a negative uh, and i was just going to say it, it does seem to be magical magic rituals to me that they're using the symbolism here's the thing going back to we, we manifest and create our own reality if they and we do it in a collective manner like you got billions of people on the planet and if they can get control of hollywood and tv and everything that goes i mean music and that's what we spend most of our free time doing is uh, so we're ingesting all this stuff and so if we we can manifest that in a massive manner because almost everybody sees like if it's a really popular like everybody's seen the wizard of oz or mm. mostly everybody right so <laughs> you know if you they can if they can tap into that and get people in a mass uh, manner to manifest this stuff like i mean look at recent examples of terminator and all this stuff they got everybody talking about the you know the sky net and mm. you know ai and how it's you know we're all, we're almost manifesting or allowing it to come in because yeah. last i heard we don't, we don't get to vote on whether we want the stuff to come about it's just elon musk is out there doing this and that and it's like we don't get to vote on it you know yeah but it's almost like hollywood and movies and like that black box that television is like a, a perfect um magical talisman i guess talisman the right word but anyway it's a, it's a good portal for them to use to to manifest what reality they want and like you said they 
they can invert it they can spin it any way they want it yeah. doesn't have to be negative right uh, you know the only this world doesn't have to be a bad place i talked about no. being a prison planet but we could just as easily turn it into a paradise because we have the power to do that but we give our power away to to they like you said yeah it's so uh, and that's perfect that you brought that up because you're leading me right into my question about consent it's always about our consent and mm-hmm. it seems to be happening right here in our country in the world right now on a very real physical grounded level that our consent is is on the line here on in a lot of ways and for some of us anyway and uh but going right back to this trick by the light concept weird how they wouldn't just toss us right back in to the light you know what i mean why do they have to give us a choice in your view because we're well this gets to be difficult but if we have free will (laughs) then they have to get us to um to give our consent away they have to kind of either trick us or get us to believe what they want us to believe and so from that that's how they have to do it and so when you come into this earth life you know supposedly you get in this big long line and like this is the the best show in town and we all want to take a part of it because it's you know we're like these gambling addicts and we were addicted to the game to the drama and so you make this contract and you, you consent to do certain things and at that point you've got free will. You don't have to do it. You can go somewhere else or just hang out. But once you've made the deal and you come down here, you're kind of bound to a lot of it. You know, you made agreements and everybody's kind of counting on you to stick to your agreements. And if you haven't died yet, if your silver cord hasn't been severed, you're in a near-death experience. Um, a lot of them are forced to come back against, against their will. They, they don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. And yet they're like pushed back or they're told they, their mission isn't you know done yet or they it's not yet their time. And it's because, and they're not told what their mission is, right? So they're sent back. And I think it's because they haven't physically died, like a doctor resuscitated them or revived them on a table and back you go because that cord's still there, right? So mm. at that point, and once we're down here, it's kind of, you're, it's like a prison, you know, it's like a prison plane because, you know, gravity keeps you here and your mm. body is very difficult to leave your body cells, right? So. Yeah, I like that. They, but all, I think before we come here, we do have that free will. Mm. But so, there's another topic you can go down to where you can think of where the thoughts of God, if there's this monad, this one being that started at all and split itself into a bunch of different um, perspectives, we may be one of those perspectives. And even though in our mind, we want to do something else, well, maybe that ultimate being doesn't really want that, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah, that does. It makes me uncomfortable to deal with that idea. And that was kind of back to the whole collective thing. It's like, I do feel like there's some sort of interconnection that's going on, but there's at least my human ability to put it into language. I want some personal space (laughs) in this supposed ethereal (laughs) realm. You know what I mean? And that's weird. Maybe that kind of ties in with the ego too. Are we (laughs) we still too attached to our ego and our identity that we won't want to give it up? And yeah, are we still, are we like addicts at that point? You know, but um, there was a show that uh, Morgan Freeman hosted and I think it's something, the story of God or something to do with God. And it has to be an episode. And one of the episodes they, they, they showed these, they had these people hooked up to like a machine in their brain and they're scanning it. And they told them, um, choose the right or left or something like that. And they found that they didn't have free will. Like they, like they had already, the decision had already been made 
like okay like it's like oh when, when when you decide to do it push this button or something like that well they were scanning the brain or something like that and they saw on these brain scans that they had already made the decision before they technically made the decision you know what i mean and that yeah. that is scary that's <laughs> nuts dude and you what know? does that mean maybe it's i'm yeah. sure like a lot of the new age practitioners would probably suggest that that's because your higher self knows best and maybe that's mm-hmm. true maybe that's mm-hmm. not just maybe that's not just the snake oil maybe that's part of the real thing you know maybe we do have some my friend that had a near-death near experience my friend that met the, the demiurge he he doesn't all like these higher selves like he calls them like the angels he said they play us like video games and like they're here to like some some cultures believe that they're like the jinn or the or they're here to punish us for our sins and stuff like that well he kind of says sort of something similar is that they try to get to keep you on track to what you're what you promised you would do and blah 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 so but they're very heavy-handed because he says they don't feel our pain down here they don't understand their suffering like over there in the light like it's like no pain or you know everything's lovey-dovey and everything feels great and you're you're just in cloud nine kind of thing and so that is that aspect too of um these these angels or you could call them archons or aliens i mean what's Watchers. the difference when you start getting into all this and the, but the higher selves yeah i mean it's like and they could be us at another level nancy dennison said that only a small portion of us comes here and so they're not too concerned about us because just a little tiny percentage of you is down here having a little fun or whatever it is that you came here to do but most of you are still back there so they don't they don't hmm. put that much of an emphasis on it you know that's wild. So, yeah, but we're Alan, down here feeling the pain, right? Yeah. And there's no negative, right? I mean, so I described this earlier. I think I put something online about how the same way you type something into Google and like, I, maybe you, I, you might've mentioned this. I think it might've been you who mentioned yeah, this at one yeah. point about uh, putting the, the non in front of the search. Yes. And you're still going to get that thing. Yeah, if you go on Google and you search for, give me everything but serial killers. Or what yeah. you, what's going to come back? All these serial Show me killers, not right? purple so you elephants. Be, you got to frame yeah. it in a positive way. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that. it's like, and so, I, th- I think I mentioned on online when I put it up like this, hence the term, careful what you wish for because it's like you have to mind how like i don't want to deal with this or that it's like well shit your subconscious is possibly just going oh more of that cool here you go (laughs) yeah you got to be really careful because i go to these near death where i did before the shutdown I went to these near-death experience meetings and I heard a lot of testimonies and like, you know, one guy was like, well, can I just, can we just make sure that my wife knows I'm okay? Well, boom, back down it goes, you know, it wasn't like they sent an angel as a messenger to tell her in her sleep or appear to her or that Nancy Dennison said that, um, what was it? She, um, same type of deal. Um, she wanted to go back and tell a loved one that she was okay or something like that. And so boom, she starts going back and she's like, I didn't mean me. <laughs> you know? <And> it's <laughs> like, you gotta be extremely careful. And this right. other one, she, I mean, like a couple of them were like, they could stay in that light forever. They just loved it. They didn't want to come back to earth, but they would like send like this 25 foot angel to try to get you to go. And they didn't do it. And then they sent like her best friends ever. Right. Just and, and to kind of coax her to come. And if you just have that thought and then my best friend, that's like a, had a, the method demiurge when he was there before the light, the, the light asked him, well, so what did you think about love or, or whatever? And he's like, well, I never, I never got married. I never had kids boom immediately he falls out of this heavenly light place and he comes back to earth or he gets back in this line and he ends up getting married and having kids and it's like you got to be really careful what you set your intentions on because that's what you will manifest i mean 
Absolutely. This guy that had hundreds of out of body experiences, he said that, well, it's not just immediate necessarily. Like you have to set the intention. Like you can think about something, but until you set that intention on to wanting to do it or whatever, then it Mm. won't happen. Yeah, I often you gotta be hear very that careful about being nostalgic. That's why some of the be aligned with those, all your um, you know. attachments. Mm, yeah, exactly. Well, that's where the Buddhist yeah. stuff about getting rid of your attachments and ego and all that stuff is really, really important. And so I started like going, doing things, make sure I got everything out of my system, right? You know, make sure I wasn't, I wasn't going to, gee, I really wish I had done that while I was here. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> learning guitar. I'm, you know go to a strip club every once in a you know, so it's like you just get everything like it's like the bucket list you want to make sure you got all your boxes you don't want to like look back and go you don't want any regrets right right yeah, yeah absolutely and then then like later on you'll live that pure life you know because <laughs> yeah that's uh like uh you from you're probably familiar with like alan watts you know the the man that brought oh, a lot of those yeah, eastern yeah, thoughts awesome. back you know he's great and he always so this kind of goes yeah, back to best. like the idea that there's like a lot of BS thrown in as like a middleman kind of situation that puts you it puts something in the way of your of you and your growth. You know what I mean? Like you have to. Oh, you have to do mm-hmm. this to grow where Alan, his whole philosophy was you're already there. Realize that you're already who you're trying to be and you're already where you're trying yeah. to go. And and he taught, he emphasized this idea that you don't go see a concert to hear one boom, one sound, you know, it's not about the ending. All right. It's spaced it's, out. It's got yeah, to be it's intervals everywhere. of rest and silence in between. Yeah. 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 Alan Watts to me was the very, very best. And I listened to hours and hours and hours of his stuff. And it just, it was just mind blowing. But <laughs> then too. he had the side of him that just got too depressing and it's just got to be too much where he, but for the most part, he was awesome. And he likes, he said, this is a game of black and white. It's a game of, um, what else he said? Um, like duality, he emphasized it, duality. And you come down here and you, you play this game of hide and seek to where you yeah. forget what you are because you want to be surprised, right? right. You have all these surprises. And that's why it's kind of going back to, we're kind of like addicts. We were gamblers. We, we, we want to be surprised if you, you don't know the outcome <laughs> already. Although, my, my friend who had the near-death experience, he saw the future of the earth and everything that would happen. And so at that point, that calls into question, well, gee, has this already happened? And so we, do we have any free will? Or do we just keep playing this DVD, this game over and over and again? And I think that these near-death experiences, each experience is subjective and they kind of, it's like a dream. You go to sleep at night, you know, everything is consciousness, right? And your and awareness. And so you go to sleep at night and you're having a dream and it may seem real at the time, but then you wake up and you go, Oh, that was just a dream. I know this sounds like Alan Watts, but then like, That's well, okay. how do we know that this isn't a dream too. And when you die and, and a lot of the near death experiencers say that they say that it's, it's way more real over there and that this is like mm-hmm. a dream or like, some of them have said it's a game or an illusion. And so, yeah, Alan would say that we're here playing hide and seek and just limiting ourselves so that we can be surprised and have these games of hide and seek. Yeah, yeah, the notion, great. the notion that um, you know, you've been doing this forever and ever and ever. So eventually being Superman a hundred times and getting the girl and doing all this like perfectly got uh, bored. Up the ante. Yeah, you gotta like get yes, a surprise, yes. like a tornado so comes in and takes out your hometown. You know? <laughs> Right. it's crazy but that you know? that shows that we're there's something wrong with our personality if we're if we're that if things are really boring over there like that then that's a huge issue that's a huge problem right and then we just got to find better ways to be 
creative and um there's like i don't know what i can't diagnose it i'm not a psychiatrist but there's an issue there <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> that needs to be fixed and so you got to be more creative with there's better ways of, of manifesting and and having fantasy right with beautiful music symphonies and stuff than than to play like there was this episode of uh twilight zone where the i think it was uh got a place to serve or i can't remember what it's called but anyway this guy he's a burglar and he and he gets caught going over the fence trying to get away and they shoot him dead and he wakes up there's this guy with a nice white suit and so the guy you know oh no no you're fine he's, i'm gonna take you to your place and so he's showing he's got this plush you know suite or whatever he's in he's allowed to he's like a servant He'll, he's allowed to do anything he wants so he, he gets these, these, he called them dames. He's got all these beautiful dames and he, he gets to go gamble at the casino and stuff like that. And then after, and he's shooting pool and he, he, he breaks the balls and every single one of them goes in the pocket. <laughs> you go golfing and you hit a hole in one on the, you know. And so he, after a while, he gets bored with this and he like calls the guy up and he's like, you know, there's something wrong here. This is, you know, can you like, you know, mix it up a little? And then he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't think I deserve to be here in heaven. He's like, heaven, whatever gave you the idea you're in heaven. <laughs> classic episode right? so it's like <laughs> yeah and that's I think it was again, a nice place to visit we'll say that yeah one of the, something like that but i have seen that and it like goes back to the idea of this like weird vibe from hollywood where it's like yeah some of it seems like really dark magical predictive programming sort of shit but then it, there's also this other area where it's like another maybe another level of understanding like maybe they're reaching even fewer people with that shit where it's like oh yeah that's what we're really talking about you know like giving it completely giving it away because they just can't i mean who wants to live with that kind of shit who, who doesn't want to come out with it and tell everybody how wacky this world possibly is right maybe they just found a way to do it through art you know yeah, I think it's a little bit of a game of cat and mouse. They like to toy with their prey a little bit too. Oh, and I'm yeah. not saying like all of Hollywood producers <laughs> or people, the script writers, are. No. I mean, a lot of them may be trying to get the message out and wake people up. I mean, and then we get down to this point where they're, they're, you know, is there a necessary evil? If you're going to play this game of duality and have you know positives and negatives, well, somebody's got to create the resistance. Somebody's got. I mean, that they may be doing the greatest sacrifice of all, and and coming down as a bad guy like an archon i mean and i think the archons like in the gnostic scripts they say the demiurge was without spirit so they may just be if you look at the matrix and and tron and stuff like that they call them programs so they may just mm. be programs down here to create havoc and chaos and just so we can have a little bit of the dark side to you know yeah dude so is it a necessary evil at that point think about this there's this oh, guy named man. hidden hand that came out sorry real about quick that, that before i forget like i think the demiurge is his job it's part of his job to do that right yeah absolutely oh absolutely uh, before i forget so going back to like this we're kind of talking around simulation theory a little bit with the matrix and all that yeah. i've kind of noticed that same thing with the algorithm the comparison with google and our manifestation ability similarly <laughs> these possible programs in washington dc and the vatican all everywhere uh 
Well, conspiracy theory seems to be a growing trend for like seven, eight years at least. Well, probably since 9-11, it's been, you know, the convergence of the Mm -hmm. the internet being so accessible and 9-11 occurring. Conspiracy theories have been everywhere. And now suddenly all these politicians are getting in, like all the bigger shit is coming out. Like all the deeper roots of like corruption are starting to like bubble to the top and stuff like that. It's like, is that more of the Mm -hmm. algorithm? Is that giving us more of what we want? Because now there's know, more things, people questioning. Maybe it's back to this Terrence McKenna stuff where he talked about, you're talking about like the time wave and stuff like that, where I, mean, I know the timing wasn't where he, I think he was saying that it's, uh, what is it called? The, where the convergence uh, into one point. What do they call that? The sun? Oh, it starts with an the S, singularity. But, uh, yeah, 2000. Singularity. The singularity. He was talking about the singularity and he thought it would be like 2012 or something. But maybe that's yeah. part of that. Everything's like coming to a head, right? And like, you know, you got supposedly maybe the, uh, the magnetic field of the earth may be um, falling to where it's, you know, maybe things start to manifest more immediately. And so maybe the higher ups, the people in power and control, they've got remote viewers, they've got sight. Maybe they know what's about to go down and they've got a short limited time to do something. So it's all kind of coming to, to a head, right? I mean, I, I don't That's know. It's just one point. theory. Yeah, no, that's a cool point. <laughs> a lot of what, everything you say, man, it takes me down 10 new paths because right. i was just thinking this because right. i keep we talk about predictive programming and all the 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 media and everything and i can't remember the author's name but there was a really great sci-fi author loved crazy dystopian futures and dropping you right into the middle of like a created world with no clue of what was going on and they talked about <laughs> the closer to the galactic core you got things behaved much differently and there was what we would consider gods because it's just the energy was much much different there and i mean shit that just opens up everything to possibility it's really cool but yeah um, the the out-of-body experiencer that wrote to me and he had at the time he said he had had over 130 and he said he was having like a few a week or whatever but anyway he he was able to manifest stuff like immediately like he, he he said we had like we're like gods over there we were like these super we have these superhuman powers and so he he had all these tricks like the flat you know all these marvel characters you know the flash and and you could you could be as fast as the flash or you could you know anything you could think of you had superhuman strength i mean anything you could think of with these comic book characters you could do i mean it was you're only limited by your imagination right and mm. We, that's the biggest constraint is our, our limitation of our, our minds and our imagination. And so he just had all these little tricks like helmets and shields and teleportation and, and stuff like that, that he would do. And it's pretty cool to, to see what all he was saying about it. And that, those are things we can do over there. Like if for some reason you think an archon's trying to wipe your mind or capture you or something, I mean, th- the main thing is you just, just ignore them. And if you keep your vibration and your frequency high enough, they, they won't even see you. They can't, maintain themselves at that level you know so fear is like the worst thing you can do i mean don't think oh my god these archons are out to get me you know that's the worst possible they smell it because it's ultimately you're probably creating it yourself right and you're projecting it outward it's uh, that's why they get you they want to get you to go to this external light to these external authority figures that can control you and tell you what to do when when it's like the wizard of oz the power is within you all all along yeah and again we're just being told that over and over again whether we're going down conspiratorial avenues or we're looking at very popular movies or books and i I think that's kind of where i wanted us to end up at the end of this anyway is talking about how 
all these frightening thoughts and, and, and stories from the ancient past that seem to be pretty creepy and realistic on a lot of different levels when you get deep into it. It doesn't have power over you once you once you really understand what's going on. And I don't even know if I'm close to that, but at least maybe acknowledging it brings us a little closer to getting there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you look at a lot of these Gnostic themed movies. I mean, at least I think they are, but like, you know, in Neo and the Matrix where he starts believing in himself and he, uh, he can just stop bullets. He can do whatever he wants. And, you know, it's the same thing with um, like, I don't know if you ever saw the Prisoner TV show where, I mean, it's, it's all about standing up for your rights and your your freedom your your autonomy your your sovereignty and stuff sovereignty, like that or like yeah. you know any of those shows like even i think um well, not just the wizard of oz but also alice in wonderland where you she believes like in this positive all positive world and when she's had enough is enough she like says enough or something mm. like that it's like you have to come to that point where you get that we awaken and you realize that enough of this silly nonsense i'm going to take control and and create my own reality right absolutely man that was beautiful i think that's the best message right there yeah (laughs) hell yeah Yeah. well wayne please tell my audience where they can find you um well just go to my website trickedbythelight.com and if you want to email me i've got a link to uh, my email address up there at the top and I'd be glad to answer any questions or, or whatever. I, you know, I don't have a book. I don't have any YouTube. I'm not like out there with a my panhandling for for monies or donations. I just <laughs> I just got my website, and I'm happy with that. And yeah, and just my web, my email address. So that's cool. All right. And you've been running that site for like over 20 years, right? Like long, long time. Yeah. Well, I, I took it. I took it down. For, right. Right at least five years or something and put it back up but it was put it up in 2012 so it's been nine years since then so and yeah it's been man, up there for a long long time there's a lot of great content on there so i urge listeners and, and viewers to go check out your site man it was really great talking to you and i appreciate you coming on man yeah man thanks for having me on i enjoyed it appreciate it all right everybody go check out trick by the light and don't get tricked by the light transcend it Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's Enough! You have meddled with the primal forces of <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, well, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>